This podcast uses profanity and topics may be disturbing for some listeners. Listen at your own risk. Welcome to Hell on Hills podcast. I'm Bryce. I'm Amanda. And welcome to episode 69. Ooh, 69. Annie doesn't approve of that as she beats the shit out of Amanda's face. We're working on it. We're working on it. I feel like I should be calling the authorities, like adult protective services. Yeah. This got worse after we put her in daycare. So I don't know what person's child is just in daycare slapping people in the face. But thanks. Thanks for that. It's probably your child. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I said, I'm sorry for that laugh. I should have leaned farther away from the mic. I wasn't expecting it to go that hard, but it did. Here we are. I'm just saying it is likely your child doing that. And all the other parents are like, thanks, Annie's mom. Well, if it wasn't her before, it definitely is now. (laughs) This isn't blush. This is just baby slaps. That's how you get the natural color. Yeah. It's not rouge. It's a salt. (laughs) Anyways, how are you? I know we talked yesterday, but I'm pretty good today. I didn't do anything. Well, for our listeners, we learned that Amanda cannot try to record after Annie has been put into bed. That was the dumbest thing I might have ever done on this podcast. So we tried to record after Annie went to bed. So we were recording later. That was fine. I mean, for me, I didn't care. I'm an hour behind you as is. So, mm-hmm. And all I get is the Snapchat last night <laughs> about how it was the dumbest idea she's ever had. Yeah, because she... Uh... She got like what an hour nap and then she was just up and ready to party. It was 11:30 at night. I don't even think it was an hour. That Unless tracks. you put her in bed like well before we started recording. Yeah, she was in bed at 11 or what? No. 11. What? Um, well, yeah, no, that's that yeah. tracks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, actually that was true. Uh, <laughs> at like 7:35, 7:40, somewhere around in there. She was gone mm. to the world, conked. No, uh, she probably had half hour because I think it was, it was maybe 10 minutes in that you had to go grab her. Yep, it was a good 10 minutes. It's good. It was, yeah, we got a mm-hmm. lot of stuff done that first 10 minutes. No, we did not enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're we were productive today, and I think that's what counts. Yes, because I obviously was not last night, so I did finish my story today after I. Almost finished it like two weeks ago. And then I just put it on the back burner. And I was like, I'll come back to that. Well, okay. Again, that's your fault for deciding to change the story. It was a good story. I'm not arguing. I'm just saying you didn't have to change your story for Brie. But it was a good story. It wasn't for Brie. It was for the listeners and Brie. Mostly Brie. It was changed because that was the episode Brie was on. Mm -hmm. So. And I like marathoned that story i think james took annie for like three hours and i just researched i don't have that issue my issue is that i have a dog that'll come up and whine to me oh so you have an annie well mine's a little more aggressive because she'll sit there and she'll nudge me with her nose and then when i look at her she just does this little snappy motion at me like pet me bitch (laughs) yeah and I pet her. <laughs> Annie just likes to scream like a banshee. Well, if it makes you feel better, I've got a story that you get to tell Annie when she's old enough. Oh, I'm re- She's going to hear it now. <laughs> probably. 
it, it's one of those stories that you'll just love. You'll love it. Anyways, do you have anything else? I'm trying to think about what I did today. I hung out with my dogs. Sounds like a good Sunday oh. to me. I know what it was that I was going to tell you. It has been snowing here all day long. All day long. The snow is long gone from here. I'm so sick of the snow. I am so sick of the snow. It did not snow this much last year or the last few years for that matter. I don't remember the last time it snowed this much and I'm so sick of it. We just need to switch houses come like September to March because it's 57 degrees here right now. Oh, I will take it. I mean, September here is warm-ish depending on the year, Mm -hmm. but it's just that damn snow driving me nuts. The other thing I was going to tell you because I think you'll just, you'll love it. And I also don't know if you looked at your TikTok, because we were sending some TikToks back and forth this morning. And I actually typed out an entire ass message on TikTok, because it was about your ghost hunting one, where they were using that little anime ghost hunting. Yeah. Okay. So when I was editing one of the episodes, the, actually the, the episode that just came out on the, f- the fifth, so episode 67. Mm-hmm that right yeah i just had the creepiest so first of all earlier in the day i was like i've got to go lock the doors just out of the blue i'm like i gotta go make sure all the doors are locked like there's something in my head that's like i gotta lock all the doors so i had gone around i hate that no reason i didn't see anyone like lurking around i did have the dogs like on and off bark like kind of growl bark at something but i didn't ever see anything and so i locked the doors earlier in the day and then later when i was editing um the episode I got to, and I don't know, it very well could have been just like in my head because we were doing it like I was editing an alien story, but I got to the paranormal story and immediately I was like, what's in here watching me? I I still have the evidence. All of the blinds are closed. Like all of the curtains are closed because I was like, there's something outside watching me. Yeah. We're usually done. that's open, at least uh-huh. half open. I was like, mm, nope. It was super creepy. And I almost almost did that anime effect filter to see if there was anything in here with me but then i, I chickened out okay but my issue is i don't want there to be a, a human standing there yeah that's what th- and correct me if i'm wrong but i think the one that really got you is this woman and she works in uh an old folks home retirement center however you would like to, that's probably the nicer way of saying that uh mm-hmm. she works at a retirement center and She's like taking pictures at work. Everything's normal. And then she takes a picture of a hallway with two chairs and there's like a lady sitting in the chairs. So then she turns it around and takes like a selfie. And there's a woman like next to her with her head on the on her shoulder. shoulder. Yeah. Shut the front door. I'm out. I'm sorry. I have to quit right now. I yeah. No, absolutely not. And And I was like like, laughing. And I'm pretty sure that last one, she was like awkward laughing like I don't enjoy this. No. Swatted away like a fly. No, I hate it. Well, because of that, I was I tested the anime filter today to make sure I knew how to use it. We're going to do it right now in this Ooh, room. Okay, I'm ready. Hold on. I got to turn around and do it. Yeah, I was going to say, don't do a selfie. Should I do it like more towards the bookshelf or like... Where did you specifically... Like, you know how when you get that feeling, something makes you more uncomfortable? Yeah, do the window then. Okay. She was pointing to the window as I asked that question. <laughs> I mean, I don't get the feeling now. So, oh, it says it's busy. 
Okay, it's, yeah, it's got to load. No, it says AI is busy. And it's going to oh. make me retry. It's not working. Okay, I don't like it. It literally every time says AI is busy. What the fuck? Yeah, I don't, I don't. Oh, hell no. Hell no. Oh my God, no. What? What? Nope. 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 Bryce, what the fuck just happened? There's something in because of the phone or um i don't i don't like it i less than like it oh hold why on. is it behind the fucking i don't fucking door? know but it needs to go hell no oh my god absolutely fucking not oh my god that was okay if there's anything in here you gotta go bye bye now okay i'm taking a picture I'm I'm gonna do one of my doors since you did one of yours. Oh my god! That oh. why that's dirty. They did you that's... dirty. <laughs> I'm like I'm terrified now. And there's what's even worse is there's literally nothing that should be behind that door that would cause that. I hate it. Uh uh-uh. uh no. I don't like this at all. Oh my god! Did you get something? No. Well, I mean, I did, but there's toys all over my living room, so it probably doesn't really count. I didn't get anything strange. Oh my god. Send that to Cody. Wait, <laughs> fuck. To. Send that to me. Shit. <laughs> Doubt to. Hold on. <laughs> that gave me goosebumps when I saw that. We have company that needs to leave. C- girl, no. What? Her face. Why is her face like that? I just got I don't, picture you. She's got, I don't fucking know. She's got one black smudge, I guess, in her face and nothing else. Okay, well, it doesn't show her anymore in that same area. <gasps> okay, okay, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. We're spending way more time on this than what we probably should, but we're doing it because yeah. we're ghost hunting with TikTok. Yeah. Oh my God, that was what? just stupidest reaction. It was just one. I saw a person and I was like, <laughs> my face was only half on the screen. <laughs> oh my God. Ooh, I'm not a fan of what we just found. God. Okay. <clears throat> we are going to very awkwardly move on. That was um unsettling. I, yeah. All right. That's um I was fully expecting to not get anything uh, on that filter because I was like, it was just me being paranoid. We're gonna um, have to post that one online. I don't that was, like it. That's one of the creepiest ones I've ever seen. Oh gee, thank you. You're welcome. That's just what I wanted to hear. Hey, I'm just being honest. I'm not happy about it. And I'm anger eating my licorice. I thought licorice was black. Is that red? They're red vines. I never knew those were licorice. What else would it be? Yeah, American Licorice Company makes it. Oh, okay. Today I learned. All right. I'm so sorry. That was like a tangent we did not expect to go on. I did not expect it to last that long, but uh, we're going to blame your uninvited guest for that. For sure. I expected it to be an empty room. But it ain't nowhere near empty. There's a ghost behind my door. Oh, I still just, I hate it. Oh my God. I hate it so much. It's making my nose itch. I don't like it. I don't like it. Kind of. I don't think that was jeans. Do you want to hear a story? A horrible, tragic, do you want to shout out all the other stuff first? Oh, yeah. I always forget that. That's why you're... Maybe good. I need to make you do it for once. We're going to shout out Maryland. Maryland? Maryland? 
I say Maryland. If that's wrong, I apologize, but that's how the Utah dialect says it. I think where I'm from says Maryland, but I don't say that. I say Maryland. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's not Maryland, though. It might be a very merry land. Oh. Yeah. They might be merry in Maryland. What? Mary in Maryland. Maryland. Maybe her name is Mary in and Maryland. she is quite contrary. Mary, Mary, quite contrary in Maryland. Yeah. That's their <laughs> motto, actually. You know, that's what's printed on their license plates. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Maryland, please don't leave us now. <laughs> yeah, stay with us. Stay with us. We got a good episode for you. Oh, I'm get to it. so stoked. I'm so stoked. I know it's, you guys don't know, but it's been like 15 minutes that we've been stuck on that AI manga thing on TikTok. It's, it's bad, y'all. Fine. Um, anyways, uh, we will be posting all of our pictures on, not on TikTok, on Twitter, Helen Hills Pod, Instagram, Helen Hills Podcast, Facebook, Helen Hills Podcast, all the things. If you guys want to email us, you can email us podcast at gmail.com. Um, you can send suggestions, requests, which would be the same as suggestions. I'm stressed. I'm, ne- I'm stressed now. There's something in the room with me. I don't know what it is or who it is. And they've only got one eye, okay? <laughs> um, with all that stress, I'm going to let Amanda talk about Patreon. So you can uh, give us money and join Patreon. Bryce is so much better at this. Uh, we do have our Patreon up and going. We've got a couple of extra things on there for you to look at. There's some bloopers on there. There's some games on there that we play and you can watch us. Um, and we'll have other stuff on there as we record it, too. We're getting to it, y'all. Okay, we're busy people. But you can also listen to the episodes early on Patreon, too, if you were to sign up for that. There will be games and all those fun things uploaded there eventually. Yes. But other than that, I think we can probably we can probably start recording. I mean, story time. <laughs> I was going to say, that. I think we're recording. I'm so stressed now. I can't stop thinking about Ghosty in the room with me. And I still feel like they're sitting in my chair behind me. Uh, well, I just took a picture of a screen and I didn't get anything. It just mm. meshed both of us into some beautiful feather lady. Let's try. Listen, if you start your thing, I can just randomly do the TikTok every couple minutes when I feel like something's watching me. Okay, cool. So I'll start. This is this is a sad one. It's brutal. I'm just letting you know now. This is the murder of Seth Tyler Jackson. Seth was born on February 3rd, 1996 to Sonia and Scott Jackson. He was born in Bellevue, Florida, but he grew up in Somerville. He had two older brothers. He liked four-wheeling. He loved animals. He went to Bellevue High School. And he wanted to be a UFC fighter when he grew up. And from what I saw, his parents actually agreed to, you know, put him in training when he turned 18. Okay. He started dating a 15-year-old girl named Amber Wright around December of 2010. His parents said that she was over at their house All the time. They played basketball. They watched movies. And she had dinner with them. They said it was typical puppy love stuff. Just, you know, typical teenagers. However, the relationship ended in March of 2011. And this split was not amicable by any means. Again, they're 15. So, you know, everything's already dramatic at that age. Not their fault. You know, it's a lot of hormones and everything just 
everything just feels dramatic at 15. Seth's family said that he took this breakup really hard. Amber said that they were doing things explicitly to get back at each other. And this feud that they were having, of course, was all over social media. They were posting Facebook statuses to rile each other up. They were arguing in comments. They were accusing one another of cheating on the other one. They were accusing each other of doing drugs. They were threatening each other. And on these status updates, they were arguing with one another. And other people would come in too. And they would like rile them up or they would get in on arguments. Every now and then you'd see someone post like, hey, that's not cool. That kind of thing. Amber claimed that Seth had abused and raped her. Now, charges were never filed, and it wasn't proven to be fact in court. However, multiple witnesses did testify about hearing rumors of this abuse. And Amber's family, uh, from what I could tell her immediate family, knew about it, as well as some of her friends, too. If it actually ever happened, I just wanted to clarify, there's, there's no proof or anything. Seth believed that Amber had been seeing another boy named Michael Bargo which led to more frustrations as the relationship ended. He believed that Amber had been cheating on him with Michael Bargo. And they seemed to get together really quickly after Amber and Seth broke up. Now, both Amber and Michael claimed that they were never in a relationship, but they did have sex on multiple occasions. And Michael had tattooed their initials on each other as well. It's something pretty intimate for people that aren't in a relationship, but I mean, you do you. I just don't quite understand tattooing initials on one another, but maybe that's just me. They were in pretty intimate places too. Amber had Michael's uh, initials tattooed uh, below the belt and above the vagine. I'll put it like that. Okay. I don't understand it. I'm not real sure either. Um, Michael had hers tattooed on his thigh. Or I should say Michael tattooed hers on his thigh. I mean, at least it's not like a little higher for him. Like the thigh, all right, whatever. But also, how old are they again? Well, Amber was 15 and Michael was 18. Okay, they're teenagers. Like, I know you're saying that because of the age gap, but three years in the grand scheme of things is not that big of an age gap. Yes, she is a minor. Yes, he's an adult. I understand that. Point is, is that they're both stupid regardless. Oh, yeah. That becomes abundantly clear here. Oh, okay. As long as we're on the same page. Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay, okay, okay. Now, Michael and Seth, they were also going back and forth with each other online. Michael was very vocal about his hate for Seth. Excuse me. Michael was very vocal about his hate for Seth because he believed that Seth had abused Amber during their relationship. Seth and Michael even got into a party at a friend's house where multiple people saw Seth knock Michael out, which did not help. I don't think that's going to help a situation anyways, but I think a lot... um, a lot came into play here because a 15-year-old, you know, beat up or whatever, an 18-year-old. I think that kind of hurt his pride a lot there, too. And it feels like a personal problem if I ever heard of one. I, would say, I mean, like, hey, you went to this. This wasn't, you went to fight this kid, you know, like, this was an option. 
You're not guaranteed to win in these things. Yeah. Seth's mom even heard Michael tell Seth that he had a bullet with his name on it a week before Seth's death. These were young teens with real adult problems. Amber would later admit that they were dabbling, excuse me, they were smoking weed and dabbling in cocaine. Wait, dabbling in weed and, wait, say that again. Smoking, smoking weed, weed and, and dabbling, dabbling in. in cocaine. Yes. Um, how do you dabble in cocaine? I don't know. I feel like cocaine is very much an all or nothing thing. I don't know how one would just dabble with it. I feel like you don't really dabble in cocaine. I sound so old. You don't dabble in the cocaine. <laughs> but no, I agree with you, though. Like, I don't I feel like you could dabble with weed. Okay, like, but cocaine just feels so much harder. Like, there's no dabbling. You either do it or you don't. Even if you try it once. Like, it's, it just, it's, it's more intense. I just, I guess I don't understand how you dabble in, in cocaine. But it's, I, I've never done cocaine, so I don't know. I haven't either. So maybe that's why. Maybe that's why. Because we've never dabbled in it. Oh, maybe. Yeah, we don't understand the dabbling. You can't understand dabbling if you don't dabble as part of the dabblers you gotta dabble with the dabblers dabble it up dabble (laughs) (laughs) how many times can we say dabble in this one episode so amber's mom would later come out and say that these were good kids like they and seth's parents said the same thing they were good kids they were responsible but then again amber said that her mom did not know they were dabbling in the cocaine so (laughs) i do feel though that that's a teenager thing You know, your parents aren't going to know what you're doing all the time. And their parents worked. They had jobs. And these kids all lived in the same neighborhood. So they would just walk to each other's houses and hang out. Michael Bargo, he was kind of bad news. At the age of 18, he had already had a record for theft. It was very well known that he had a pistol. He kept it on him or hidden close by him all the time. He's sexually involved with a 15-year-old. I don't want to gloss over that. I feel like at 18, you should be... Kind of moving on. Mm -hmm. He rented a room and he lived in a trailer owned by Charlie Ellie. Ely. I'm sorry. Charlie Ely. Okay. Charlie Ely. She was raised by her aunt in Maryland. And she moved to Florida to find her birth mother before she met Joseph David Burham online. And she moved in with him in Summerfield. They got married not long after. And within a few months of them getting married, Joseph was in jail. So Charlie had started renting out rooms of their double wide trailer. And Amber frequently spent the night with Charlie. I'm about to introduce a lot of people here. So I'm doing the best I can. Ask me if you have any questions. Okay, hold on. Let's start this again. So Seth is our victim. Who was his Mm -hmm. girlfriend again? Amber. Ex-girlfriend at this point. That's what I thought. I'm writing it down. Okay. Okay. She then started seeing Michael. Mm-hmm. They're the Tat Clan. Okay. I'm, and then I'm sorry, who, what? They're the Cat Clan? Tat. Oh, the Tat Clan. Okay. I'm with you. Got you. Um, who what uh, what were the other names? So there was Michael. Michael rented a room from Charlie, and Charlie is also friends with Amber. Okay. So we got Charlie. Also in this house, we have Amber's. Half-brother, Kyle Hooper. 
Some sources said he lived here at this point. Other sources said that he just hung out here a lot. But for whatever reason, he was in this house and he was there often. And then lastly, oh, I'm sorry. Charlie was 18. Charlie's 18. Michael's 18. Amber's 15. 15. Kyle is 17. And then we have 20-year-old Justin Soto. He was known as Roach, which is a very fitting name. And he also rents a room here. They were all said to hang out at this house a lot. This house is basically like the teen hangout. The place to be. Well, argumentative, but what? Arguable. That's what I meant. You are argumentative. (laughs) Look, you'll get there, I promise. (laughs) I'm already there with the ghost in my house. (laughs) Now I have one more person to add into this. Not a key player, but we have... It's either Michael or Will Samalot. I've seen both names. The court documents that I read called him Michael Samalot. And since we already have a Michael, I'm going to go with Samalot. He was friends with Seth. And he would later testify that Michael and Seth were wanting to get even with one another. Him and Seth were hanging out about two weeks before Seth was murdered. Michael and Kyle called Seth and Samalot. So Sam-a-lot was friends with Seth. Yes. Okay, just making sure. Michael and Kyle, they were at Charlie's house. They called Seth and Sam-a-lot, and they were kind of goading them into coming to Charlie's house to fight them. So Seth and Sam-a-lot, they're, they're not one to back down. They start walking over there. But as they get close and they're headed towards the property, they hear gunshots. So they're like, nope, and they go home. Later in court, yes, very, they did the right thing. Mm -hmm. Later, Kyle would testify that during this altercation, Michael had been shooting his 22 caliber heritage handgun in their direction to, quote unquote, scare them a little bit off. To which I say, that'll do it. You're shooting at me. Yeah, I'm not going to come any closer. Yeah, that's not going to scare me a little bit off. I'm gone. You know what yeah, they say? You don't, what is, wait, what do they say? You don't bring a knife to a gunfight? Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what they say. Yeah, I, I said it right. Yeah, that's On the right. night of April 17th, 2011, Seth and Samalot were hanging out with their friends when Samalot noticed Seth texting and talking with Amber on the phone. And Samalot says that he told Seth to leave her alone because it's just bad news. I agree. Seth really cared for Amber. And I don't think that he could just leave it alone. Is it like the puppy love, like first girlfriend or first love idea? According to his parents, it wasn't his first girlfriend at all. They said he had a lot of girlfriends. Seth was, he was a cute kid. Mm -hmm. And they said that he always had somebody interested in him. But Amber was kind of like the one that got away. For whatever reason, he just really, really liked this girl. and. She broke his heart because whether or not she was cheating on him, he believed that she was. Yeah. So according to phone records from that night, Amber had text Seth at 8.12 p.m. And it says, hey, can you talk? Seth responded at 8.37 and Amber told him she wanted to talk to him about them working things out. No, thank you. She asked him to call her and he agreed at 8.39. And then the next message... Seth got red. 
hey, my friend Charlie is coming with. I've been telling her everything between me and you, and she's coming because I need her to help through this. Is that okay? But don't tell anybody what's going on because I want to make sure we can work things out before anyone knows. Seth responded to her, Amber, if you have me jumped, I will never give you the time of day. So if I get jumped, say goodbye, all right? And Amber texts him back, I swear you're not, Seth. I could never do that to you. I just want you and me back. According to text messages, they were planning to meet up soon. Seth and Samalot parted ways at about 9.15 that night. And according to Samalot, Seth was still texting and he was heading towards Charlie's house. Seth never came home that night and his parents were immediately panicking. They said that it was highly unusual for Seth not to keep in touch. And his mom said at the very least, he would check in with them or tell them, this is where I'm going. This is where I'm going to be. And they said he always did this. So like a good kid, like he's just checking in. He doesn't want his parents to worry. Yeah. She said he was always responsible. And like I said, his parents were working. They had jobs, but they always knew where he was because he always let them know. Mm -hmm. So the next day they called police and reported him missing. Samalot later testified that when he heard Seth was missing, he took it upon himself to search the neighborhood. Oh, he's such a good friend. Isn't he? I thought so, too. He's so... It, it breaks my heart for everybody, including Samalot. They were platonic soulmates. hmm While he was searching, he went to Charlie's place, and when he knocked on the door, nobody was home. So he looks around the yard, and he finds stuff in a fire pit scattered throughout the backyard. And he said he noticed wet, tan-colored paint on the ground in the side yard. That night, Monday, I'm sorry, that night, Monday, I said that weird, Amber, Kyle, and Charlie all stayed at Amber's house. Amber's mom, Tracy Wright, said that Kyle and Amber were both upset. They were crying. They were, like, really upset. Tuesday morning, Kyle told Tracy that he knew what happened to Seth. And he claimed that he saw Seth get murdered. Tracy called a family member who was in law enforcement. And then they called the police, which that kind of sounds weird to me. But at the same time, if I had an uncle or a cousin who was a cop, I would call them and be like, you know, what do we do? Mm hmm. Because you don't know if their family member has jurisdiction. And also, I think it might be like a conflict of interest where they're not on the case type thing. Exactly. But if I I know a police officer or someone in law enforcement, I'm probably going to be more comfortable telling them like, hey, this is what Kyle just told me. What, you know, what do I need to do here? And obviously, I feel like nine times out of ten, that person's going to be like, you should probably call the cops. But some people said that this was weird of her. no, because I think I, think I would weird. call, because, like, my dad used to be a police officer, so I would call him. Right. right. And I'm sure he would be like, what the hell are you doing? Call the cops. But, like, it's just, it's, I feel like that's one thing, like, you're like, oh, I know someone who deals with this. Hold on, let me call him. And it's not even, at this point, she might not even believe what's being said, because she's like, is this just teenagers being shitheads, or? I'll tell you right now, they do not tell her the truth. She is not prepared. And that's uh, that's evident in the, you can watch the interrogations or at least most of them online. And her mother is in the room for some of them. And her mother is her poor mother. Okay. Their poor mother. 
Because this was Kyle and Amber's mother. Yes. Okay. Kyle Hooper, Amber Wright, Charlie Ely, and Justin Soto were all immediately arrested and interviewed. Wait, so who were all Michael, Charlie, Kyle, and Amber? So the four. Yeah, five. Should be five. But four out of those five people are arrested because they find them. Who was they the have not. fifth person? Michael Bargo, they have not found yet. Wait, so Michael Bargo, Amber, Kyle, Charlie, who's the other person? Justin Soto or Roach. Oh, okay. Sorry, I just have him really close. So yes, Kyle, Amber, Charlie, and Justin were all arrested and taken to the station. And this is where they they start telling police a story. They tell a story. Kyle is the one that breaks and he tells police everything. And he starts by telling them that also, I just want to say Kyle throughout this, he looks guilt ridden. He looks the most affected by this. He starts by telling police that he used to be friends with Seth and they did not hang out anymore because Kyle was Dating this girl, he said he was in love with her. And one day, he sees her in bed with Seth. Oh. Yeah, it sounds scandalous, but he sees this because he's looking through her bedroom window. Not cool, Kyle. Um. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So, as I said, um, Kyle was the one to break and the first one to tell police what happened. Uh, what they did to Seth was brutal. It's brutal for adults, much less literal freaking children. Uh, so buckle up, because here we go. According to Kyle, Michael had come up with this plan earlier in the afternoon. They had a friend named Brandon come over. Brandon was playing guitar. They were all just kind of hanging out. When he said, Michael goes inside and snorts some pills. And the officer asks him, hold on, what kind of pills? And he's like, I don't know. They were white pills. That's all I know. And he says that after this, he starts getting amped up and he's just wired. When Brandon leaves, they start talking and he starts talking about how much he hates Seth. Michael does. And they that's when he comes up with a plan. Amber was going to text Seth to come over under the guise of making up. And when they got close, Amber would text them to give them time to get ready. And according to the plan, when they got to the trailer, Justin was supposed to run out of the bedroom and hit Seth with a piece of wood. Afterwards, Michael and Kyle would run out and start beating him. Kyle in this plan also had a piece of wood. He called it a piece of wood or a stick. It was something that he hit him with. And then Michael would run out and shoot him. This didn't happen because Amber never sent the text message telling them that they were on their way. Seth was hanging out with Sam a lot when Amber texted and called him to tell him to come over so they could work things out. And she assured him that nobody else was at the house. Amber told him that it would be her, Seth, and Charlie. But when they got to the house, since they didn't know they were coming, Justin never ran out of his room. Michael and Kyle were in Michael's room and they could see Seth sitting in the living room. So Michael, according to Kyle, talked Kyle into running into the living room and hitting Seth with a a board or a stick, hitting him with this wood. Michael ran in behind him and started shooting Seth. Seth ran to ran through the kitchen to the front door and made it outside and almost to the fence when Justin Soto came out and tackled him. Michael ran outside, shot Seth again, 
and called for Kyle to help bring Seth back into the house. They put him in the bathtub because Michael's plan called for Seth to be put in the bathtub alive so Seth could see who was killing him. Hey, they live in an apartment complex, right? No, they live in a double wide trailer. Okay, a trailer. Wouldn't people hear gunshots? Should have, yes. And how sadistic do you need to be to be like, you have to see who's killing you? Mm-hmm. According to the interviews, Seth was shot at least twice in the back before he even made it out of the house. And when they got him back inside and put him in the bathtub, according to Kyle, he was partially alive. So I took that to mean like he was alive, but maybe barely like he wasn't fighting anymore. Well, I mean, mean, he had been shot multiple times and beat. Yeah, I was going to say he's there's this poor kid. Mm -hmm. Amber and Charlie were cleaning up the blood in the kitchen and the living room during this time. Justin Kyle left Seth in the bathroom with Michael to help them clean up the blood. And when Kyle heard more gunshots, he ran into the bathroom and found Michael had shot Seth a few more times and was yelling, hitting, and cursing at Seth. So Kyle said that he pulled him off of Seth, and he said in the video like this, like he, it looked like he pulled him off from under his arms and behind him. And he pulled him off because the neighbors might hear. He told him he had to stop because the neighbors might hear. But you also just murdered a 15-year-old. And you're upset with him because supposedly he kicked your trash? Kicked your trash? Like, wasn't Michael's whole thing that he lost a fight to Seth or something? Oh, no. His main thing is that he thought he was under the belief that Amber was abused and raped by Seth. Oh, oh, okay. Which is why... I mean, Kyle hated him for this reason, too. So it seems a lot of this kind of revolves around Amber. I feel like Amber uh, is a little bit of an instigator. Like, she's riling people up to, like, I feel like mm-hmm. it's, at this point, it's feeling manipulative. Like, she's the one that got him there. Mm-hmm. Her and her alone. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, this is not the end. This. Um, How is that not the end? What? What? Oh, I'm going to tell you. They continued with the plan, which called for breaking Seth's kneecap with a hammer so they could fit him in a sleeping bag and burn his body in a fire pit behind the trailer. What? Uh Uh-huh. This is like premeditated is is not enough to describe this. This was so, so planned out. This is sadistic. Yes. The thought that went into this is just. And not only just like the, like there's thought to be like, he should know like the, the torture or the psychological abuse behind it too. People argue, people actually argue that Michael Bargo, cause spoiler alert, he's still in prison. He will never leave. They argue that he should be released because he does have, he has a, a history of mental illness. Um, That kind of goes either way. Some people say it was mental illness. Other experts say that it was behavioral problems. Either way, he was going to kill somebody one day. Yeah. And that was another thing they say, uh, Kyle, I believe it was, said in the interviews with police, is that after he took those pills and he was wired and all hyped up, he said, I want to go on a murder spree today. 
And that's when they came up with this plan to kill Seth. I want to go on a shopping spree, but I can't because I can't afford it. That's called responsibility. Yeah. And I can't afford a murder spree. I also don't want to go on one because that sounds god awful. That's not something I can imagine just like. And also, apparently I haven't ever done coke or whatever white pill he was sniffing. because You haven't done the cocaine? I have not done the cocaines because that just feels like a lot of work, even if you are amped up. Sorry, I'd rather clean my house. I mean, most of the time, that's what I do. Yeah, yeah. if I if I smoke the butt weeds, and I just <laughs> I just clean the hell out this place. So I mean, my, if I'm amped up, might as well be productive, right? And not like this. Not, not productive. Counterproductive. Yeah. Yes. He's making this whole thing way worse. Just oh god. Yeah, I'm not done. Amanda made a face. We're about halfway through it. Um, What? Halfway? We already know who did it. Kyle would later testify that Michael and Justin were the ones to put Seth's body into the sleeping bag and put it in the fire pit. And they did light the fire. And this fire was so big. Charlie Ely's neighbors came out to investigate it because they noticed an orange glow coming through their windows. But you didn't hear gunshots? Yeah, I'm still not really confused on, or I'm still not really understanding that. Maybe they weren't home. Yeah, like I mean, like maybe they weren't home. The property it wasn't huge, but it wasn't small either. Like my neighbors are like maybe fifty feet away, something like that, from one end of my house to the end of theirs. Probably a little more than that, but still. Mm-hmm. Um, no, this looked like it was a little bit of land, and also it's Florida. Sometimes you just hear gunshots. Like I would imagine Florida's wild. Florida, well, do you in... just randomly hear gunshots like throughout the day? Just bang, bang. Oh, that's just neighbor gopher next door. I mean, sometimes I would when I lived in Alabama. I don't know that I've ever heard just like rogue gunshots. Oh, girl, I had to take cover when I worked in. Yeah, it was that was a wild place. But I heard them a lot when I was in animal control. Very, very often I had to call and report them. And I heard them pretty often growing up. But most of the time we heard them on holidays that involved fireworks because it just seems like people are like, oh, everyone's shooting fireworks. Let me go shoot my gun into the air. They sound similar. Hey, they don't, y'all. They don't sound similar. That sounds like a really dumb idea to just shoot your gun into the air. Oh, what goes up must come down. Exactly. I feel like that's gun 101. Don't shoot. You don't shoot at the ground. You don't shoot at solid objects and you don't shoot at the air i didn't think of the ground but that makes sense because ricochet yeah i was gonna say it's gonna bounce back at you yeah solid objects i probably shouldn't say but like trees a lot of people shoot at trees oh that was another thing people testified that michael bargo would uh shoot out the window at a tree bro ricochet say it with me ricochet just that just sounds so stupid yeah they were not they were not gun safe i would argue they needed some gun safety classes. Okay, we're getting there. So them needing gun safety classes? We're already there. Oh, no, they don't have to worry about that anymore. Oh, okay. The neighbor testified that she followed her husband outside. Now, she hung back while he went and talked to Michael, Kyle, and Charlie. They didn't know who they were at the time, but through explanations, and I imagine when she's staring at them in court, we later find out who was where in this situation. 
As her husband was talking to them, she said that Justin and Amber were by the fire. And she said that Charlie was described as chatty and claimed that her husband was in jail. So she was having friends over for a bonfire. She invited the neighbors over to hang out around this fire as they burned this poor boy's body. Thank God her neighbor said no. And they basically were like, hey, y'all really need to be careful around this fire. Uh, Because she said that as her husband talked to them, this fire was licking the limbs of the trees around it. She said it was probably from eight to ten feet high, the flames of this fire. That doesn't seem safe. Oh, no. That's why her husband was like, hey, y'all need to chill out with this stuff. You're going to catch the whole neighborhood on fire. So they told him that they would be careful. The neighbors went back inside. But then they had to go back out again. Her husband went back out the second time because it got even bigger, this fire. How did they get it even bigger? Like, I don't understand how it gets that much bigger. Some sort of accelerant, I'm sure. I'm sure, but also, like, it still doesn't make sense to me. Uh, Kyle tended to the fire until about 2.30 that morning. And Kyle tended to the fire. Kyle and Justin tended to the fire. But Kyle took over after Amber and Michael had gone to bed. How do you sleep after this? You sociopaths. The next day, Kyle's former stepdad, James Havens III, drove Michael and Justin to a rock quarry along with a couple paint cans that contained Seth's remains. Okay, wait. It takes a lot to burn a human body. Mm-hmm. And they were yeah. a couple paint cans? Oh, no. These were like five-gallon paint cans. Oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, the body was not completely burned. Uh, Kyle also testified. I'm sorry. I can't remember if he testified, but he did tell the police in the interrogation videos that the bur- the remains were not completely burned. And they noticed that Kyle's teeth were still in his skull. So Michael Bargo pulled them out with pliers one by one. What type of sociopath? And he also said that he was like playing with Seth's tongue. With his tongue? Uh-huh. Okay. First of all, they're stupid. It takes a lot to burn a body. Like I feel like that's common knowledge. Yeah. We specifically would burn the we would incinerate the animals at the shelter at least uh 1610 1610 degrees and there's still there is there's a lot left over like the teeth like you still have teeth and other mm-hmm. like the bigger fragments and mm-hmm. like those are still there like i don't under like is that not common knowledge i think it is like it takes a lot to get rid of a body it's not easy you don't just ugh, you don't just put it in a bonfire god oh my god so Michael was still with James Havens III when Amber's mother, Tracy, called him and told him that the police were at her house looking for Seth and they were asking to talk to Kyle, Amber, and Michael. So Havens and Michael picked up Kyle from work and Michael asked him for money so he can get out of town. Havens then drops off Kyle at a convenience store. Havens, by the way, I just want to go back to that because uh, I did say he was their former stepdad. This is a grown ass man. Okay. This is Amber and Kyle's former stepdad. Uh huh. And he's helping Michael? Yep. 
He's the one that took them to this rock quarry. You could not drive completely there by car, but he allegedly drove them there. And, well, he later admits to it. He drives them there. He backs the truck up to the house as they're loading these paint buckets, cinder blocks, and a red uh, dog leash, like one of the corded ones that you would use to tie a dog outside, as they're putting this in the back of his truck. And then he takes them here. You have to walk to the quarry. And he's he's there as they take all of these things out of the truck and Justin and Michael walk them to the quarry. You have to know something sketchy is going on here. I mean, you would think. You would have to. The only defense, not to defend him, but the only thing I can think is he's like, it's just kids being kids. <laughs> but I okay. still feel like that's a stretch. Well, I have a little more information on him later. So, Oh, okay, cool. Havens and Michael go pick up Kyle. Um, Havens then drops Kyle off at a convenience store not far from Tracy's house before he drives Michael first to his ex-girlfriend's in Ocala and then to her father's house in Stark, Florida. Now, he went to his girlfriend's. Some, some sources said ex-girlfriend, some said girlfriend. I'm pretty sure after she found out what he did, it very quickly became an ex, I would hope. Because, girl, you deserve better. I don't even know you and you deserve better. But he went to her house. The story that she told was that he got into a fight with his roommates. It was a pretty big fight. And he just needed a place to stay until it died down and he could come back. So her dad was like, yeah, that's fine. You know, you can come stay here. As Kyle is walking home from this convenience store that they dropped him off at. He stopped at Michael's dad's house where he told Bargo Sr. and Michael's grandma what was going on. So I guess this was like a, I don't know exactly what he told him, but something along the lines of like, hey, your son's not missing. He's just not here right now. He's not missing. Don't worry about it. Not like that Seth, the Seth kid, but yeah. he's, he's okay. Like, what? It was, it was unclear what he told them to not make this seem suspicious. When Kyle finally got to Tracy's house, he was interviewed by police as they searched the house. Now, police, when they finally caught up to Michael Bargo, they learned that this boy just cannot keep his mouth shut. He told his ex-girlfriend that he shot a kid when he got to his ex's father's house. And I just don't want to say these people's names because I feel like it's unnecessary. Well, I mean, at this point, they're, they don't necessarily know what's going on. They just think he needed a place to crash. Exactly. And he's still never honest with them. When he got to his ex's father's house, he told her dad, her, um, excuse me, her dad's son, that he told Junior that he shot a boy eight times, busted his kneecaps while, in his, while he was in the bathtub, burned him, put him in paint cans. Oh, so he's bragging. Uh-huh. He is, feels like it. He's bragging about this god-awful thing that he did. Now, his ex's father's girlfriend, he told her that he beat a guy that raped his roommate's little sister. He told her that he beat him inside, chased him outside, shot him, and then drug him back in the house, put him in a bathtub, shot him twice in the face to kill him, burned him but the teeth were still there so he removed them one by one with pliers so he's just bragging yes this lady is like you gotta tell 
you got to tell so-and-so like you have to tell him i don't want him getting into trouble talking about the the homeowner his ex's dad you have to tell him i don't want him getting into trouble you need to be honest with him so Mm -hmm. he eventually does tell this man that he lied about why he was visiting and he was actually there because he killed a boy that raped his friend or he shot specifically he shot a boy that raped his friend raped his friend but they're they got initials tattooed on each other's junk yes he goes from saying that he shot someone that raped his little sister his friend his girl like his story kept changing probably because he's telling his girlfriend's dad and his and his partner so he can't just be like yeah i was having sex with this girl and i had to kill this boy from what I read, a lot of people believe that he was starting to get ate up with guilt and he was kind of trying to alleviate some of it, but not completely. I don't think that was the case. I think he's a shithead. He'll always be a shithead and he don't care. I think he's bragging. I think so too. Because I think he's stupid. And at this point, I think he's like, I got away with it. Yeah. And he's told like a lot of people. Yeah. Well, that wasn't all. He told another random man that was in the holding cell when he got arrested. He told him that he killed a kid who raped his girlfriend and Michael burned his own face while trying to burn the body. Oh, poor baby. That's what you get, you little bitch. So while investigating, police find shoe impressions and bucket rings in the soil along the path to the quarry. At the quarry, they find a bucket with a plastic bag attached to it floating in the water. They found scrape marks along a lime rock wall leading down to the water. And then dive teams found two five-gallon buckets under the water attached to cinder blocks by that cable, the dog leash. They found charred human remains in the buckets and along the wall where one of the buckets burst open as they were throwing it into the quarry. While they were searching Charlie's home, police found dried paint in the yard. A rake with dried paint in the tines, drag marks in the dirt, possible and later confirmed human remains in the fire pit, and a loaded twenty-two revolver with a ridiculous amount of both spent and live ammo. Like, I could list it, but there's no point. It was, it was everywhere. It, they had it hidden in the vents in between a bedroom and the bathroom. It was on the floor. It was, there were just shells all through this house. I'm just so confused on on what the fascination and maybe this is just a me thing, but what is the fascination with guns? I feel like for him it was power and it was respect. And he was a tiny little man child that couldn't get it any other way. I just I don't get it. I don't understand it. We have guns and therefore they're for, you know, safety. Like they I can't tell you the last time my gun has left its place where we keep it. And we don't keep shells throughout the house. We keep them in one specific place where we can find them if we need them. Right. I don't, I don't feel like you just need... It's not confetti. I, I don't... I don't get it. So, quick quick question. So, the mm-hmm. list of... I'm assuming the picture with the five mugshots on them... Are the five hooligans. Who's who? So the first one is Michael Bargo. Then it's Kyle Hooper. That's Justin Soto or Roach. At the bottom, on the left, is Amber Wright. And then the final is Charlie Ely. 
So the police also found blood evidence everywhere. It was everywhere. Some of it um, was found with luminol because they did clean it up. But they found blood evidence on the bathroom floor, the kitchen floor, the living room floor, the bathroom wall, and the kitchen ceiling. And among the blood evidence, there was DNA from Seth, Charlie, Kyle, and Michael. During the trial, Kyle and Amber were tried together. Michael was tried on by himself. Justin was tried by himself. And then Charlie was tried by themselves. So four total trials, basically. Uh, or four five, total. Because James Haven III was also sent to trial. Michael Bargo claimed in his trial that he wasn't even there when Seth died. And he was forced to help them clean up after. Excuse you? The jury called bullshit and they found him guilty of first degree murder with a firearm. Michael Bargo was sentenced to death in August of 2013. He was granted a chance for a new sentence in 2017 because when he was originally sentenced, the jury was split 10 to 2 and they were not unanimous. So. They gave him a resentencing, and this time it was unanimous for the death penalty. So that didn't work in his favor at all? Not at all. No, 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 no. He did try to appeal. They claimed, um, they claimed a lot of stuff, like I mentioned earlier, that he had... I wasn't even there. I just had to help him clean yes, up. Yes. They claimed that he was abused as a child, and they claimed that... They, they claimed a bunch of bullshit that I don't believe, Okay. This, this person, that was, this, he's a dark individual. After he was resentenced, Michael Bargo said that his sentencing was a big circus and he didn't get a fair trial. And he also said, may God have mercy on his soul. If or when he was, uh, I can't think of it, executed, that it would be on the judge's conscience because he was, he was innocent. Okay, sure, 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 sure. Yes, kick rocks, you suck. Kyle Hooper and Amber Wright were tried together. Uh, like I said, sorry. Charlie Ely, Justin Soto, Amber Wright, and Kyle Hooper were all sentenced to life in prison without parole. Oh, good. Bye. James Havens III pled guilty to helping these teens dispose of Seth's remains, helping Michael elude arrest, and coaching the teens on how to sanitize the crime scene. Sir. Wait, what? He coached them how to sanitize the crime scene. So he knew what happened. Uh, feels like it, yeah. He was charged with accessory to murder after the fact, and he was sentenced to up to 30 years in prison. Bye. Yeah, again, bye. Doesn't hurt my feelings. This, I don't know how to feel about. Okay. All of these people are still in prison. Good. Except. No. In 2020, Charlie Ely was granted a retrial after claims of an ineffective defense team. And from what I found, her original lawyer, uh, he doesn't, he's not allowed to practice law anymore. So. Okay, fair. Yeah, fair. She took a plea deal and pled guilty to second degree murder and she was released from prison on time served at the age of 27. Why? Why? I don't, that doesn't make sense. She was just as much a part of the, this as the other four. People argue that she was, basically she was swept up in it. They said that she was easily led. She had not been in Florida for long. She. Oh, she was just got mixed up at the wrong crowd. Yeah, basically. And that she was, uh, I think I said she was easily led and easily swayed. I feel like that's all bullshit. 
You were uh-huh. there for the planning. You knew what you were doing. I don't care how easily yeah. swayed you are. And that is one thing that Seth's mom said in her victim impact statements. She said that even a two-year-old knows the difference in right and wrong. You mm-hmm. knew what you were doing was wrong. That's my thing is, I mean, people know right and wrong. You know, like, mm-hmm. that's clearly wrong and you still went ahead with it. It happened at your house. You helped clean up. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And she went with Amber to lure him back to the house. You knew what you were doing. And you had every, the investigator that was interviewing Justin Soto actually said to him, because Justin kind of claimed the same thing. He was like, oh, I didn't even know these people. In one minute, he claims that he, or he acted like he didn't even know Michael Bargo's name. But then later on in the interview, he's like, oh yeah, I met him two years ago. Idiot. If you're going to lie, you got to keep it consistent. Mm-hmm. These investigators picked them apart. Like, this is probably a training video. They just had a field day with them. And I honestly loved it because every these investigators were not having this shit when they were interviewing these kids. One of them, the man that was investigating or in, interviewing Charlie Ely, he actually told her after she confessed everything, he told her, he was like, it's out. And he's like, have you, you brushed your teeth? And she's like, yeah. He's like, have you ever, have you ever like, he said something. Have you ever looked at the toothpaste? And she's like, yeah. He's like, have you ever smashed it? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, can you put it back in the tube? And she's like, no. He's like, he went to shake her hand and he's like, you can't put it back in. It's out now. And I was like, oh shit. Oh shit. (laughs) He was not. No, his delivery was way better than mine, but. He's my hero. I love him. Oh, the woman that interviewed Amber, she went in and she was like, listen, little girl, I'm tired of being lied to. This is where the rubber meets the road. You can tell me the story from the beginning. And as soon as I think you're lying to me, I'm going to walk out of this room and I don't care what happens to you. And I'm just like, get it. Damn, (laughs) they are ruthless. I love Mm -hmm. it. I love it. They were not taking these kids crap. But that is the... Absolutely ridiculous and senseless murder of Seth Jackson. Do we know what Charlie is doing like today? I could not find. He's keeping a low radar, low prof. I would assume so because this, uh, I don't know how, because there's a lot of stories on this because it's heinous. And that's what one of the judges called it when he was uh, sentencing. He said this was one of the most heinous crimes he's ever seen. And to be Carried out by such young children. I can only imagine if it, they weren't caught, like, what other things they would have done. Oh, especially Michael Bargo. Because I forgot to mention another part of his sick and twisted mind. Um, Kyle told the police in the interviews that they took two tires from the front yard. They had, like, come off a car and they were just sitting in the front yard. Michael had them burned along with the body because he said the smell of the rubber would cover the smell of the body burning. Who thinks like this? I was going to say, whoever would have thought of that? That is terrifying. Stop trying to get him out of jail. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a fan. Um, the only person I, and I don't feel sympathy. I just feel like they showed the most remorse based off of what you said is Kyle. Mm-hmm. Because the other ones, they did cry. You know, they were upset. Because, again, basically the investigator come in. She was like, you're going to prison. You're going to juvie. You're going to juvie. You're not getting bail. 
You're not going home. That's it. Yeah. And then she just left. She's awesome. But they cried and they were upset. But Kyle is the only one throughout his interviews. Like Justin comes in when he first sits down, he yawns and he's just like all chill, kind of sitting there. Amber is acting just innocent. Kyle's the only one who just looked like he was really tore up about what he did. So I do feel for you. But also, you had so many opportunities to stop this. So many. Someone who used to be your friend. Just to flip this a little bit, did he feel fearful to stop it, though? Because they knew what Michael Bargo was capable of. They obviously knew he was a violent person. And maybe this plan was made and he, he felt too fearful. That is another argument. But we kind of go back to the interviews there because Amber does say, and Charlie does too, that they were scared of Michael Bargo. They were afraid to go against him. Um, He was always, you know, he always had that gun on him and he would show it to anybody who wanted to see it. But there again, at one point in her interrogation, Charlie tells the officer, out of the blue, by the way, she's like, well, he lets us hold his gun. So our fingerprints are all over it. And Amber tells, the person investigating her or interviewing her that during this, all this happening, Michael Bargo basically tells her and Charlie, like, if you tell anyone what happened here tonight, I'll kill you too. But then after everything happens, she claims that he comes into the bedroom where they're hiding at this point. He comes into the bedroom and tells them, Hey, I just want you to know I love y'all. And this is all over now. I'll never let anything happen to you. So which one is it? Okay. Do we know if he was on the cocaine when the murder actually happened? Uh, They claim that he was. Uh, I think that's why Kyle thinks that he might have been just losing it in the bathroom and attacking Seth when he was very clearly dead. No longer, yeah, of this realm. Mm -hmm. But when the neighbors testified about all of them standing around, they said that he kind of just looked nervous. He didn't really look jittery or anything. He kind of had his hands in his pockets and he was just checking them out. Was was he coming down from it at that point? If he was coming down from it, he still had a lot more to go. They still had to burn the body that night. They still had to, I mean, he didn't pull the teeth out until the next day. And then he put it all in the barrels, took them to the quarry. I still think like whether he was on the cocaine or not, Mm -hmm. He would have gone through just based off of his mental state. But I guess my question is, or my questioning is coming from, let's say this murder happens and everyone's freaking out. And he does tell them, like, if you tell anyone, I'll kill you. Was that while he was so amped up and so high that he couldn't think straight? And then later on, when things had calmed down and he had come down, hey, I do love you guys. That part wasn't clear. It was just said that, yeah, it was two different times when they told him that. That's my thought, at least, is Mm -hmm. you got two different people. You got the cocaine demon and the other psychopath. Kyle, he's the one that broke and told his mom, too. Mm -hmm. Well, that's why I'm like, I feel like Kyle at least has more of that sense of right and wrong because he's he's over there. Like like you said, he told his mom pretty quickly. And he's the one that investigators were like, him, break him. Yeah. They found they uh, pointed him out as the weak link, like weak link, pretty immediately. Yeah, they're like he's he's the one. All right, well that was an awful story. Would you like to hear something not not even awful at all? It's wonderful, actually. 
I would love to. Okay, well, I was super excited. I am super excited. Let me get stoked. So I took it upon myself to learn more about you, Amanda. That's okay. Specifically where you're from. Okay. Oh, and no. we're we're starting a little series within our podcast. You get to help with it. And like the dictator that I am, we are doing cryptids by state. Oh, okay. Done. And because in my head, I went Alabama, Alaska, you know, uh, I'm starting with Alabama. We're going to talk about some Alabama cryptids. And in the process, I'm going to quiz Amanda on her knowledge of her home state in the process. Oh, crap. Okay. <laughs> Only about the cryptids, though. So, okay. And just as a disclaimer, Bigfoot was mentioned more than once as a cryptid in Alabama, but I'm already working on a separate story for them. So I didn't include them in this list. These are like the mini cryptids. Next time, Bigfoot. Uh, eventually, Bigfoot. Um, <laughs> but I did include some cryptids that made me just very happy. And so let's start with probably my favorite one, at least favorite named one. Not my favorite one out of the list, but they're named the best. And this is the Downy Booger. Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> Have you ever heard of the Downy Booger? No. Okay. Well, just disclaimer, this is more of an urban legend. So from what I could find, there's not regular sightings of this creature today. I found just very few sightings. But the name. The Downy Booger. How could I not include them? That's Annie's brand new name right now. The Downy Downy Booger. That sounds right. But we have more that you might want to choose from. But anyways, this is how the story goes. John and Joe Downey, they're either cousins or brothers. Couldn't get clarity. Different sources said different things. Most sources said cousins. They were returning home from a dance in the late 1800s. So they're on their horses trotting along. Uh, they had cut foot loose and such, and they're just, like, talking about their their day and all of that. A night out on the town. Yeah. And they were riding along when suddenly a creature jumps out in front of them and their horses. And they said this creature was half animal and half human. They described it as a tall, hairy, wild man. The boys were terrified, and they bolt and head back the way they came from. It also doesn't help that their horses would not move forward towards where the creature was seen. Because they were intelligent horses. Yeah. So they just find an alternate route. They take the scenic route home. Well, these boys would tell people their story. And most people were like, oh, okay, sure. You saw that. <laughs> and they're like, well, these are just like little teenagers. Like, whatever. They were like, oh, bless your hearts. Mm -hmm. So people are just like, oh, okay, sure, sure. That wasn't until there was another sighting. That coincidentally happened along the same route that the Downey boys had claimed to see the creature initially. The second sighting was reported from a moonshiner named Jim Jackson. Jim was just trying to deliver some moonshine. He was like, I got this delivery. I got to get it down to this place. And he actually noticed that there was something lurking behind him. He said it, it was basically walking, quote unquote, walking behind him, like directly behind his wagon. And he initially, he was like, okay, I got a bolt. And then he went, oh shit, I can't. I've got moonshine. I don't want these destroyed. I can't bolt. But he's like, I've got a gun right here. Of course he does. What good is this gun if I don't use it? And so he actually pulls out his revolver and he shoots at the creature, hitting it at least once. And he tells the sheriff that it screamed like a woman and ran off into the woods. Now, when he initially saw it, he believed it to be a biped creature walking on two legs. Bro, you hit a lady. You shot a woman. When it ran off into the woods, it was on three feet. 
Ew. Wait, ew. Three? It looked half human, half animal. So should yeah. it have had four? I don't know. Oh, I don't like that. Yeah, it just runs off into the woods. Was he partaking of the shine or was he just delivering it? Do we know? Just delivering it according to the legend. He would he partake was- when he delivered it. Yeah, he was partaking. He was he was dipping in the shine. Well, the people of the town, they're like, oh, hell no, not in our town. And they form a posse. And they track this creature down following the blood trail. They follow it through the woods for miles until they come to a cliff. And the people just kind of assume the creature must have fallen off of the cliff to its death. What is this, a lemming? They just are like, all right, it died. We're good. And that was that. No creature was ever found dead or alive. Some people claim to still see the creature, but sightings are very few and far between. And that is the legend of the Downy Booger. Wait, so we don't even know why it's named that? I mean, the Downy Boys. Yeah, I don't know why they named it the Booger. I don't know. Maybe that's its mob name. The Downy Booger? Yeah, the Downy Booger. Probably, actually. I could see that. Yeah, so. But that's that's the first one. The next one, I gave you a little hint on this one. And these two I don't have pictures for. But the next one, this you can use on Annie to make sure she's not wandering the streets late at night. Really interested to see where we're going with this. I'm sorry, this one makes me laugh so much. Um, because, l- listen, if what, what I'm about to describe happened to me, I would never leave my house again. Ever. Okay. So we're going to talk about Hug and Molly. Have you ever heard of Hug and Molly? I mean, I don't know if I should tell that story or not, but I did some, I did some, I had some wild 20s, okay? It's not a drug. We're not talking, this isn't the cocaine. This is like a person's name, Molly. Yeah, then no. Okay. Well, this legend began decades ago. Children would begin citing this in Abbeville, Alabama, which also there's um, a picture of the map of the areas. So Abbeville, I don't know if I'm saying that right. A-B-B-E-ville. I don't know, but if I had to guess, it'd probably be Abbeville because Alabama. Okay, Abbeville. I'm going to trust Amanda here. Um, Abbeville, Alabama is... Small area, not a, not even relevant. Well, basically, so in Abbeville, a phantom-like woman would appear at night. This woman would be described as seven feet tall, always wearing dark clothing, wears an old wide-brimmed hat. She wouldn't hurt anyone, but she would grab the children and squeeze them tightly, then scream in their ear and vanish. What? That's, what? So it's this phantom figure that appears, hugs your child. Screams in their ear and then leaves. Okay, first of all, that's how you get tinnitus. Don't do that. Secondly, what is this? The wife of Slender Woman? <laughs> I mean, the wife of Sl- that too. I don't know. You you pick whatever door you want your what? What? <laughs> I don't know. I'm so uncomfortable. Okay. It's believed that this woman was in life a local woman who tragically lost her child in infancy. And as a way of coping in life, she would hug the local children. In life, life, she would not scream in their ears, but in death, she does. Why? What did she do in life? Did she whisper? Because that's worse. I have no idea. There is another one where um, she was a professor at a local school, college, you know, and they they were attempting to keep the students off of the streets and safe. I didn't quite get a lot of details on that one, but that was the basic um, background on that. 
You know what? That sounds like the safest way to enforce, uh, dare I say safest and most effective way to enforce curfew? Yes, a curfew. Yeah. Well, legend has it that the ghost will still walk the streets at night. If she sees you, she will chase you down, give you a big old hug, scream in your ear. That's the worst thing I could ever about. My skin is crawling. Well, now you know when Annie is old enough and you say be home before dark, you just say be home before dark or else Hug and Molly will get you. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Also, there is a diner in Abbeville called Hug and Molly's. It is 50s theme. We've got to go there. Their website has the legend of Hug and Molly. Like, we've got to go. I'm down for it. Let's go. I'm down for any 50s diner. Yes. Oh, for sure. All right, so that's Hug and Molly. Are you ready for the next one? Yes. What year did you move to Arkansas again? 2020. That's weird. That's the same year reports of this next cryptid ended. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm, I'm you kidding. knew the answer to this question before you asked it. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm totally teasing. You are not the cryptid. Um, however, if you don't know this one, I'm going to be a little disappointed with you. Okay. Seeing as it would have been in your backyard. Uh-oh. This is the Wolf Woman of Mobile. The Wolf Woman? Yes. I've never heard of it. Oh, my God. Please tell me all about it. Maybe twice. In April of 1971, residents of Mobile, Alabama, begin seeing a strange creature. So strange uh, to them that the people were frightened of this creature. Calls would begin to flood into the Mobile Register to report sightings of it. And we're talking so many calls in the course of a week. They said they had 50 plus different calls regarding this creature in 1971. They were busy. Yeah. Some witnesses claimed they had been chased by the creature. Others claimed to have been stalked. Some just claimed to have seen the creature like wandering through their backyard. But one thing in common was that all of the sightings said they were always at night. On April 8th of 1971, the local newspaper in Mobile, Alabama would run an article with the headline of is wolf woman sulking around the city various area persons claim seeing creature what year was this the 70s? 70 1971 that's my family about this yeah this came complete with drawings as imagined by the registers illustrator and what people would describe was a woman at least the top half was a woman and the bottom half was that of a wolf often described as exotic and pretty and hairy not like pretty hairy but pretty and hairy I was going to say, though, why is she so pretty? Because she she's exotic and she's pretty and she's uh, the woman half is is a beautiful woman. But yeah, but it's not fair that she's prettier than I am. And I'm a whole person. I'm a I, whole human. I can't help you there. I'm sorry. Got such luscious, Fur? luscious hair. Lock. Why can I tell the difference in what's fur and what is hair? Why have I you never know. heard about this before? OK, keep I don't know. But most reports stated that the creature would look at them and their initial thought would be like, oh, she's very beautiful. And then they would drop down on all fours and run away like a wolf. Uh Uh-huh. There were no reports of anyone ever being injured by this creature. But at the time, police and local authorities were actually taking the claims pretty seriously just due to the number of reports. But within 10 days of the initial sightings, the reports of the wolf woman of Mobile would die down and actually end. There have not been any sightings of the creature since April of 1971. Reports of the creature would have started on April 1st, 1971. Uh Uh-huh. But 
How did they have 50 different, at least 50 different individuals call with different sightings and different stories throughout the course of a week? Do I need to remind you of our very first episode, the Crichton Leprechaun? What about the Crichton Leprechaun? People believed that this leprechaun and or crackhead was in a tree. It was, it was a crackhead in a tree. Allegedly a crackhead. It was a crackhead in a tree. Point being, in the <laughs> 70s, they didn't exactly have, like, Google or Facebook or anything to, like, inflate the story. No, they had something worse. They had word of mouth. Well, well. Have you ever played telephone? Okay, my question with this telephone is how are all of their stories so similar? Because normally they start adding their own twists in there. Okay, that's true. But then I was going to say, okay, why are they all so similar, though? Like, usually when you have that many eyewitness accounts, there should be some kind of fluctuation somewhere. There are, because they have the fluctuation of either being chased, being stalked, or just seeing it in their backyard. It's always this described the same way. That's weird. Not, not exactly the same. That's just the general description that I could find. So whether this was an April Fool's Day prank or not, it is considered a cryptid for the area. My mobile friends, y'all got to tell me. Because I've seen coyotes. I ain't ever seen this. But now I'm wondering if I saw a coyote. She has some luscious locks. She really, she is so pretty. And when you look, one of her paws is in her hair so she can flip her hair back. Yeah. She's like, like she's sassy. She's pretty and she knows it. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's really what I got for you on the Mobile Wolf Woman. I've got one more cryptid for you. I'm ready for it. Do you know what the first thing that comes up when you Google Alabama cryptids is? Is it this sassy whatever I'm looking at? What is that? I love him so much. Okay. This is the Alabama white thing. Did you say thing? Thing. T-H-A-N-G. The Alabama white thing. Okay. So we've got white barbecue sauce and we've got the white thing. (laughs) Thing. Okay. Get it right. It's not a thing. It's a thing. Oh, with an A. Yeah. Oh. Did you say bang? Did you just bang. say bang? Oh my god. Okay, yeah. what is this thing? <laughs> so sightings of the Alabama white thing began emerging around the 1940s. It's possible that the rumors and sightings of them began in the early 1900s, but most sites would reference 1930s, 1940s as when they would begin. Now the people in Morgan, Etowah, and Jefferson County counties all often report seeing a large white creature. The descriptions of the creature can vary. Some reports have the description as this being a hairy, thick fur, um, white hair or fur, standing at seven to eight feet tall, no mouth or ears. Some say no mouth or eyes can be seen. Some say red glowing eyes. It stands on two legs. And many say that this creature emits a really foul odor. Okay, it's hot in Alabama. It's not his fault. Well, other reports would describe it as being more lion-esque, like having that poofier mane and not necessarily hair all over the body. Like, just that's one of the differing descriptions. Others describe it as a white orb with no distinguishable features. And some have even given a description of a tall white creature, roughly seven foot tall, resembling a kangaroo body with the head of a cat. What the hell? What? 
crazy descriptions. All these people dis- consider this the white thing. That's horrible. A kangaroo um, body with the head of a cat. With the head of a cat. I hate it. If it makes you feel better, I did see a picture of this rendition and I did not pull it uh, put it in because I thought it was awful. It does not make me feel better. I want oh, to okay. see it. Oh, let me hold on. Hold on. Anyways, go ahead. It's up there now. Oh, Amanda's laughing hysterically. You guys just can't hear her. Okay. Okay. <laughs> what the <laughs> hell is that? That is the Alabama white thing. It's got smoke behind it. It's <laughs> he told you I was like, all right, whatever. Oh, there's absolutely no way. No way. <laughs> oh. oh, we're not done. Okay. So, so what all of these reports do have in common is that according to the legend, the Alabama white thing is able to move extraordinarily fast, like way faster than it should be able to move. That explains the kangaroo. Some report that while it is a biped creature, they often see them running on all fours. And most reports say they only see the creature for a couple of seconds. I would not want to see it any longer than that. Yeah, no, me neither. In any form. Nope. Um, The Alabama white thing is also known for their screech. And it is described as a woman's screams. And it's sometimes described as sounding like a panther, which I feel like those are two very different sounds. I mean, yes, but I don't understand because we have panthers. Is it panthers or jaguar? Yeah, we have panthers. In- yeah, and so they say it sounds like a panther or it sounds like a woman's screams. I could, I guess I could see where they sound similar. Okay, but maybe I've just never heard a panther. They can sound similar, but you've got to like really listen. It's one of those things like when you first hear it, you're like, oh my God, a woman's dying. And then you listen and you're like, oh no, that's just cats mating, that kind of thing. Oh, okay. Well, the Alabama white thing has been cited in Happy Hollow, Walnut Grove, Moody's Chapel, and Wheeler Wildlife Refuge. Uh, refugee? Refuge? 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 Yeah, Refuge. I don't know why I have an extra E on there, but I do. <laughs> so Wheeler Wildlife Refuge. Those are the most common places it's cited or areas that it's cited. There is a Facebook group that I found dedicated to the Alabama white thing. And we, we are now a part of that group. And okay, I say I was... we, because it's on the Hell on Heels podcast, uh, Facebook, we're part of it. Perfect. Because I was going to say, I'm going to need an invite. Yeah. I mean, within that Facebook group, I saw multiple people posting about the white thing. One woman claimed to even have, like, in the 60s, her and her father would try to find the Alabama white thing. And she claimed all they ever found was white fur in caves that might have been used as dens. I don't I love how Alabama that is. Like, as a bonding experience, this little girl and her father just go out hunting this potentially dangerous cryptid. She's like, yeah, I was like five. No biggie. <laughs> like, I love it. That sounds, yeah. that sounds like home. Well, I wanted to bring a taste of home to you. I appreciate it. People speculate that this creature is an albino Bigfoot. Um, they also say it's just an albino large, like a large albino bear. Okay, but I don't understand when a bear would ever look like a kangaroo. I don't know either, but all I know is it's it. people think it could be an albino bear. Some also reported it as an albino dogman. Another theory is that it's an albino devil monkey. Why are we combining animals with these creatures? The dogman is a cryptid. Have you never heard of the dogman? 
I thought it was the wolf woman. No, 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 no. This is like a separate cryptid. I think I've heard the of the dog man, but isn't he up north somewhere? I don't remember where he's based out of. I don't know where his operations are for the dog man. <laughs> Maybe okay, he's on I, vacation. I don't know. Albino devil monkey. You've got your own devil monkey. Um, yeah, a spirit, off. a demon, or a ghost. Some even question okay. if this is actually two different or multiple creatures based on just the vast variation in descriptions. That's what I would think, is that this is two different creatures, and somehow, somehow, we are lumping them together. How dare you? Because they're white and fast. Yeah. Don't take away their individuality, though. I, they're all the white thing, okay? There are so many people that claim to have seen this creature that it's become one of the most well-known cryptids in Alabama today. Wow. I've never heard of it. Well, you learned a little something about your home state today. Could have gone without it, I think. I like the wolf woman, though. I think she's my favorite. How dare you not like the white thing? Well, I don't know what to like. Am I am I liking a bear, a cat, a, a catcaroo, or a sasquatch? What am I liking here? What am I signing up for? I need to know. I need more info. More cat concrete Karoo. info. Uh, yeah, the cat. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the Alabama white thing. He's. I think he's my favorite. Dog. The wolf woman is second. I think the wolf woman, it's just something about her. She's gorgeous. I'm here for it. I want to know who does her hair. I couldn't tell you on that one, but. And I want to know what kind of shampoo she uses. She has been missing since 1971. Well, we need to find her. Well, I mean, maybe we should focus on the downy booger before we find her. They've been missing longer. Okay. I suppose you're right. Yeah, they're. In... I mean, it could have been worse. It could be hugging Molly, just wrapping her arms around you. <laughs> No, I don't. Okay, look, I had put her out of my mind. I don't like hugs. This is just, this is just distasteful. I'm just here to report. But that's what I have today for our first state cryptid list. Amanda, you can do the next one. I just don't know which one you're doing. As the dictator I am, I am making us both work on these. Okay. <laughs> I will, I will let you know. You can do Utah. I almost did Utah, but then I was like, eh, it makes more sense to do Alabama. I mean, you started off strong, that's for sure. <laughs> so anyways, that is what we have for the cryptids. Do you have any other questions on them? I love them so much. I'm a little upset that you couldn't find a picture of the uh, uh, woolly booger. Uh, what's her name? The downy booger? Downy booger, yes. Yeah, but that was the late 1800s. Someone could have sketched it. I. I couldn't find any sketches, but let me look again. Oh, look, there is a sketch. Oh, you know what? I thought this was, I know what happened. So there is a sketch, but I was thinking it was the white thing when I pulled it up. Oh, uh, okay. I, I had too many tabs open. Hold on. See, I'm glad I complained. Oh. That goes to show you, everybody, complaining works. Please don't be a Karen. Do it all the time. We're about to start changing the name to an Amanda. I'm not saying be a Karen, but I, I am saying be like a complaining Kathy. Okay, well, complaining oh. Kathy, your picture is up there. Oh, hell yeah, it is. It looks like, so it looks like Sasquatch, but with very prominent eyebrows, for whatever reason, and more of an ape-like face. He looks like a booger. I'm just kidding, he doesn't look like a booger, but. I've never seen a booger that hairy, but I suppose it could happen. If it fell on the floor. You've got a hairy booger. 
If my yeah, she is. <laughs> if my booger falls on the floor and gets hairy, I'm telling you. If, if my booger falls on the floor, it's done. I'll sweep it or vacuum it later. <laughs> I'm not going to find it. I didn't say you were. I was just saying that's how it gets hairy. Oh yeah, with my dogs, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. But anyways, that's all I've got for you. I like that one. I like the uh, the little my little cryptid state style. I like a. I figured it made more sense in my head to do it state style, so I could keep them straight. But no, I I think that was a good idea, and I yeah. liked it. I enjoyed it. We can eventually branch out to like Canada and different regions and that, but right now we're doing states because we're American. Sorry. Yeah, we're full of ourselves. Yeah, I just inflated Amanda's head by making sure to do her home state, anyways. So I learned a lot about this state. And I, and I now have more reasons as to why I left it. Okay, but the, the 50s restaurant, we have to go. Oh, we got to go to Abbeville. I don't know if that's how it's said, but. It's not, like, it's the, the place is not haunted. It's just like, yeah, we named it after Hug and Molly. We will not be going outside after dark in Abbeville. Wait, they don't hug you there, do, you, do they? Not that I saw, and I'm sure with COVID, probably not. Okay, good. Then we can go. Okay. Thank you for listening to Hell on Heels Podcast. To see pictures from this episode, you can follow us on Instagram at Hell on Heels Podcast, Twitter, Hell on Heels Pod, or Facebook by searching Hell on Heels Podcast. You can find us on Linktree by typing in Hell on Heels Podcast. If you want to support <clears throat> support us, please like, review, rate, share, and subscribe on your preferred listening platforms. If you want to take your steps support one step further so we can create more content for you, you can donate through Patreon where we're working to release specials for patrons. If you have your own true crime or paranormal stories, suggestions, or just words of encouragement, please email us at helenhealspodcast at gmail.com. Thank you all so much for listening. Be sure to tell your friends to listen with you as well. Bye. Bye.